The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Derek Dorch of the Diversa Group, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch. Derek walks you through how to win government jobs, effectively manage your government career, and best utilize government services. Every week on Fed Access, you'll learn about interesting federal agencies, workers, and careers. Fed Access provides you the access you need to succeed in the federal government. And now your host, Derek T. Dorch. Welcome to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Thank you for joining the show. Today we're going to be talking to one of our favorite guests, Evan Lesser. He is the founder uh, and president of clearancejobs.com, and they're uh, a site in which if you've got a clearance, if you've got a security clearance, everything from a confidential security clearance all the way to the highest security clearance, a top secret SEI with a poly, then it's a good site for you to be on because this is a hot market right now for people with clearances. But he's going to give us some updates on a lot of things that's going on in the market. Evan, welcome Hey, Derek. Good to talk with you. Hey, always, always. Hey, Evan, let's let's kind of kick this off because a lot of times, uh, you know, there's so many different things that's going on and things can kind of almost, I know we talked maybe a couple months ago, but a couple months can seem like a couple years huh. in, in terms of the clearance market some days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so much is happening right now. Yeah, definitely. You, you know, what's going on right now in terms of uh, the, 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 you know, the continuous evaluation with the security clearances? And then also, too, where are we in terms of the state of security clearances? Because it still seems to be kind of, you know, everybody's like, hey, the security clearance process is broken. Uh, uh, you know, some people are getting in quicker than others, but some people are having, you know, they're taking a long, long time to get clearances. Uh, where are we with this right now? Yeah, so as far as um, continuous evaluation goes, the, the DOD had set up its own um, continuous evaluation system for its in-house workforce um, around 2014, and, and that system started with an initial population of about 100,000 people, and then added more employees um, uh, year by year. And I think the the goal was to cover the entire clearance-holding DOD workforce by the end of 2021. So with security clearance investigations moving to the DOD from the NBIB, um, DOD officials have recently noted that they're they're really kind of going all in on continuous monitoring for, for clearance holders. They've indicated some initial success. They had about 60 DOD employees have their security clearances revoked as a result of the results of, um, uh, you know, continuous monitoring. And I think considering the just giant investigation backlog um, for traditional periodic reinvestigations, I think it's understandable why they want to double down on continuous monitoring of, of cleared workers. It's, it's definitely got some efficiencies in there, and so far it seems to be pretty successful. You know, when we talk about continuous evaluation, I mean, and, and, and some people kind of know what it is and some people don't, and some people are just recently being exposed to it. But what does that entail, Evan? I mean, is, is that, and it also, is it a use of a lot more of technology that's now monitoring, you know, whether a person's credit score or changes in their lives or other things of that sort? How deep does this go and how often does it go? So it's really, um, it's really a digital version of the traditional periodic reinvestigation. So as I think a lot of your listeners will know, every 5, 10, or 15 years traditionally, someone with an active clearance um, you know, gets a new investigation to make sure that they're still suitable to, uh, to hold that clearance. The problem with that 5, 10, 15-year cycle is that if something happens in between uh, periodic reinvestigations, it's up to the individual to report to the government that they may no longer be um, suitable. And 
sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't happen. And in the, in the past, there have been situations where um, if they had known, uh, they could have yanked someone's clearance and, and avoided, um, you know, problems. So mm-hmm. continuous evaluation is really um, bits of the periodic reinvestigation happening in the digital realm um, 24-7, 365, and it looks at the clearance holder, and it does checks um, of, of various sorts. And if it sees something that it identifies as a red flag, it brings that to someone who can review it and then take the appropriate action. So um, the DOD is, uh, you know, again, really uh, going all in on, on this method in order to reduce the total quantity of periodic reinvestigations. Okay, okay. It, it is, and I know when we talk about kind of the insider threats and also looking at a person's social history and all the social media history and everything else, do you think that this is going to be an expansion? I mean, are, are we going to see, uh, um, you know, just and, and, you know, and as a government worker or contractor, you already kind of know that your life is now kind of the government's, right? You know, that you have mm-hmm. to kind of give up so much information. But do we see that this program is going to even get deeper and deeper in terms of people's lives and in terms of what they're looking for? Are the parameters starting to grow in terms of certain things that they're looking for? Where do we Mm -hmm. see this going in the future? So, you know, as far as the way that the the DOD is doing things, um, the, the mechanisms for how they're investigating don't seem to be changing. However, the DOD did recently mention that finances were playing a larger part in the monitoring, and, and okay. arguably finances are easier to monitor than, than other things. Right. So they're uh, more deeply scrutinizing debt, um, you know, delinquent debt, past due bills, uh, credit reports, and, and stuff like that. As you know, financial issues are the top reason why someone you know, could be deemed unsuitable to hold a clearance. Mm-hmm. But as far as social media goes, according to the DOD, continuous evaluation processes they currently gather publicly available personal information on individuals, but that data isn't currently factored into reviews. I think it's safe to say that if the social media info is being gathered, it's probably only a matter of time until that data is part of the overall consideration. But, you know, again, I think it's important to note that continuous evaluation is really only looking at the same info as provided in an SF-86 or a periodic reinvestigation. It's not gathering any additional info. Uh, It's not deeper necessarily than what's being done manually in a periodic reinvestigation. Got it, got it, got it. You know, when as as we begin looking at that and, 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 and people are kind of saying, hey, listen, I need to now kind of keep my stuff up to date a lot more. Um, what tips are you giving to kind of government workers and government contractors or even people who are uh, going into who want to get into the government about, you know, hey, listen, with the security clearances now, you also have to make sure that you really do not. It's not a five year dynamic anymore. This is almost almost an everyday situation where something is pinging just to see what's happening. You know, are, are people concerned about that who are in the community? Do they see that as a little bit? Ah, this is a little bit obtrusive or it's just kind of like, oh, this is just another thing I got to go through. No, I, I, I don't know if they're necessarily thinking it's you know heavily intrusive. As, as you mentioned before, people kind of understand that when you hold a clearance, you are going to be under scrutiny from the mm-hmm. government. It's just it's uh, it's more regular now than than it um, you know is during a periodic investigation. But you know, as far as tips and things go, um, you know, more and more everybody is um, um, uh, issuing uh, or dealing with issues of. You know, credit cards being stolen or identities being stolen um, and, and things of that nature. And, and I think the, the problem that has been brought up in some, some recent articles 
is that if you do get a ding on your credit report, even if it's not your fault, um, you know, that may be a red flag and that may be something that would cause a government official to say, you know, let's let's dig in deeper on this mm-hmm. person and, and see if we need to hold their clearance. So, you know, in today's day and age, everybody needs to be monitoring their credit mm-hmm. reports. Everybody needs to be keeping very close contact of, uh, of, uh, of you know, of their uh, bank cards and reading through their financial statements and, and really making sure that they're caught up um, in it on, on a regular basis because, you know, something can come in that's not necessarily your fault, and it, it could cause uh, some, some red flags or trip-ups with, with one's clearance. Definitely. You know, going back to, to one of the questions I originally asked, where are we on the state of clearances right now, Evan? I mean, are, what is the timeline? I mean, are, are we still uh, dealing with a significant backlog? Are we still with millions of you know jobs that need to have clearance holders and we don't have uh, enough people to, to, to man these jobs? Where, what's the state of the clearance market right now? So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, it's not very good. Um, the, the problems are across the board, but the, the main issues that are out right now and that are getting the most public attention are, um, one, there's a backlog of over 700,000 people awaiting um, clearance. Um, a good portion of those are periodic reinvestigations, and a good portion are brand-new final clearances. For a top-secret clearance, the current turnaround time end-to-end process is over 550 days. And if you look at the uh, kind of line chart that the government has put out um, over the last, let's say, five quarters, it continues to go up, up, up. Mm. And with more and more of the jobs being overclassified and classified at the TS level or higher, um, employers are increasingly having to look at workers with TS clearance and higher rather than workers with a secret clearance. And I think... You know, 10 years ago, the bulk of jobs were at the secret level. Now the bulk of jobs are at the top secret level, and that just, you know, kind of uh, thins the, uh, uh, the the playing field in terms of the amount of people that can, that can fill those positions. So, you know, investigations are still taking a long time. The government doesn't anticipate a real turnaround in the backlog and, and reducing those times to get final clearance for a, a good two-plus years. Wow, wow. If I want to hold that, because I want to talk about something you just mentioned a, a second ago, and then I want to go into some other issues that, that we've got uh, planned for the show. But hold that thought real quick. We're talking to Evan Lesser. He's founder and president of clearancejobs.com. Uh, the name says what it what it does, and you can find it at clearancejobs.com uh, uh, on the Internet. But if you've got a clearance or either you're an employer who's looking for people with clearances, then it's a place that you should go check things out find the jobs, find the talent, and then kind of go from there. So it's a great site. Evan has been uh, with FedEx for quite some time and always providing some great insight. We're going to get some more of this insight when we come back. You're listening to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. If you're just joining us, we have been talking about the clearance jobs market. We're getting our update from one of our favorite guests, Evan Lesser, who's the founder and president of clearancejobs.com. He's given us some insight about what's going on. Every couple of months, we try to check in with him because this market is always changing. There's always new developments, and we always want to kind of keep abreast of what's going on. Evan, you know, we were talking about the whole dynamic of, of you know the continuous evaluation, but then also you were giving us a kind of a state of the clearance job market. 
as we look at this kind of piece right now, and, and, and it's still taking a long time, the backlog is still there, 550 days to get clearances and everything else, and with positions now being reclassified to top secret. I want to ask about that. What's going on that, that things are being reclassified from kind of secret to top secret, top secret SEI? Is the information changing? Is it the number of people who they want to have access changing? I mean, what is that about right now? Yeah, so overclassification has been an issue for um, for a long time. I think it, it really started um, post-September 11th, um, 2001, when um, there was this heightened sense of security um, necessary. And if you look back to the, the, the Bush years, um, information started, more information started to get classified, and um, information that was classified at a lower level kind of got bumped up to a higher level. And over the years, we've seen the impact of that. Um, you know, 10 years ago, the bulk of security clearance jobs were at a secret level. Um, now, I think it's kind of uh, the after effect of this heightened sense of security um, and that more and more positions are being classified at the top secret level. It's definitely a problem. Um, I know that people are aware of it. I know that uh, government and industry are, are aware of it. Um, as I mentioned before our break, it, it really limits the number of people that are available to do a, a particular job. Uh, whether that turns around, I think it's going to take a conscious effort um, by government to really scrutinize overclassification and try to figure out, was this kind of a, a reaction to um, um, the, the war on terror, um, or is there something else um, at play? Hmm. Um, overclassification does help with insider threat. Um, it, it does help to, you know, cull the number of people that could potentially view um, highly classified information, but at the same time, it, it has effects on on the workforce and and uh, and hiring. You know, we still have this whole uh, dynamic of the the lack of cyber uh, security workers or cyber threat intelligence workers and everyone else, especially in the clear sphere. What's the status on that, Evan? I mean, especially if if the clearances are are definitely getting higher, I'm assuming that area probably is one of the higher level clearances as well. Are we still having that shortfall? Yeah, you know, cybersecurity, um, you and I have been talking about for ages, it, mm-hmm. it's definitely, you know, one of the places where um, there's a lot of competition between government and um, and industry. And it's not only cleared industry, it's uncleared industry. Um, you know, hacking and, and cybersecurity is an issue for every company on the planet. And uh, it's a big issue because data theft happens it's not a question of if you're going to get hacked. It's a question of when and what the response is to it. So, you know, cybersecurity is a great example of where the government is desperately competing with um, the non-cleared space as well as the cleared space um, for talent, and there's not nearly enough people to, um, to fill those jobs. Um, cybersecurity, as you can imagine, deals with uh, lots of data. It deals with vulnerabilities. So those jobs are typically classified at the TS level or higher. And, and again, with overclassification, um, it just makes it so difficult to find the right talent. Um, so many people are talking about how they're going to train this, this you know, new generation of, of workforce um, to deal with these cyber threats. Um, with the job market being uh, really strong and unemployment being low, um, it's really tough for the government to, to attract um, cyber talent in particular. 
You know, when it looks at this whole process of, you know, and we've got a number of different things that are going on, especially with the attraction of government. Have you I mean, with what's going on right now, and this kind of goes into the next question about kind of the revocation of clearances. But with what's going on uh, and and, and with the administration and and, and kind of how uh, government workers may feel or, or people may have a perception about what's happening in government and also the dynamic of, hey, I can get my clearance pulled if I have certain kind of leanings or or certain things like that. Is that also affecting the recruitment in terms of people who want to go either into government, government contracting and who want want to work in this sector right now? Are you are you are you sensing that or seeing that on your end, Evan? Well, you know, it's a weird thing because um, in the previous administration, um, we could yell and scream about security clearance issues and very few people. Um, really cared a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But in, in the current administration, I mean, you've seen security clearance in the news on a, on a daily basis. Right. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's it's just been a radical change um, over the last couple of years. Um, surely people were talking about security clearances um, in the Obama years, but not like they're talking about them now. You've got all kinds of issues from um, uh, the reduction of the cleared workforce. You've got um, should certain people in government that are, you know, family members um, have a clearance? Um, you know, could the president um, himself get a clearance if he weren't president? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the, the, you know, revocation, as you mentioned, of security clearances for top officials, which is something that really hasn't happened in the past. Um, so it, it, it's pretty new, I would say. Um, there's a lot of um, interesting questions that have popped up over the last two years that, uh, just weren't around previously. People are having to, um, you know, pontificate and 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 try to understand what what all this means. Um, for for us, it's kind of all tied together. Um, you know, you've got uh, workers um, that are in government now that may have been uh, holdovers from the previous administration, and they're not entirely sure how they feel about um, uh, about working for government these days. Um, you know. You've got the fallout from uh, Edward Snowden uh, from from years ago that's still um, in the workplace now. Is government a good place to work, or is it part of some type of a Big Brother culture? Um, the government's got a huge amount of problems in uh, branding itself and, and letting people know that working for government um, can be good and it can be a smart career move and it can be patriotic. So there's so many issues at play. It, it's um, Honestly, it's a bit crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and going with you know what we just said in terms of the the revocation, we heard about you know uh, uh, the administration thinking about uh, revoking, uh, especially high level people's clearances, and and that had kind of been something had really never done before, unless there was mm-hmm. some kind of rational. Re- I mean, well, you know, some kind of reason I should say to say, well, sure. this person was you know kind of a, a trading against a like a Snowden situation or whatever. What's the impact on that right now? And then also. Can a person who, uh, um, you know, and I guess maybe a new president can change that, I guess. But can a person whose security clearance has been pulled or and I may even add this, Evan, if a person has been fired or or let go or terminated for a certain reason, they had a, a, a high level clearance. Does that clearance immediately go away and then can they come back and get a clearance or is that forever done? Yeah, so I think for your average lower-level civil servant, um, it's a very different case than some of the top officials that have been, you know, named in the news of late um, that have been kind of pinpointed by by the administration. You know, the the question I think that we get most often is, 
you know, should a former government official actually maintain um, their clearance when when either they're they're fired or the administration mm-hmm. changes or or they just you know their leave or their tenure's up, whatever. But I think for a lower level civil servant, the the average average Joe, there's really no reason for them to maintain their clearance after they leave um, the employment that required it. But for mm-hmm. a senior official, um, directors, department heads, chiefs, these are all people that have really deep knowledge and subject matter expertise. And the reasons it makes sense for senior officials to keep their clearance are, are really twofold. I think first, for continuity of, of operations, in many cases, someone in the current administration will need some color or, or clarification or understanding of something that happened previously. Mm-hmm. So they go back to you know, a, a former senior official that can clarify that um, and help ensure transitions between administrations go, you know, go quickly and go smoothly. And secondly, you know, in the event of a national emergency, the government really needs all hands on deck. And mm-hmm. any delay in getting someone read in for a clearance that had one in the past and then it was revoked, in order to you know get their help in an emergency, you know that could be a security problem. Mm-hmm. So, as you mentioned, if a former government official commits some crime and is deemed unsuitable for clearance, by all means, they should not have one. But, you know, it's it's been argued that you know high level government officials should maintain them after they leave. You know, with that, and 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 I sometimes I wonder because it seems as if. Um, some people uh, are getting some people are not being held to the same standards on higher levels in terms of getting security clearances than what, mm-hmm. we, what, what you kind of saw your, your average Joe. Right. <laughs> you know, some people are getting, yeah. uh, so, you know, some people are like, well, the scrutiny on me as a as an average government worker is way higher than what a political is. Do, do you get that sense sometimes or just from people who are kind of coming in or or do you ever hear that dynamic being kind of talked about, especially now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, without a doubt, it, it's not an apples to apples comparison. Right. Um, and the the average, you know, cubicle dwelling a government worker with security clearance is not treated the same as a senior government official, and that's understood. Um, a senior government official is someone that has usually been in their position for uh, for for decades. Mm-hmm. They've been uh, they've been cleared for decades. They may have been uh, vetted by. Uh, by the public, uh, as you know, being in, in, in their office. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a different thing. And, um, you know, you and I talked a little bit about um, uh, talking about Elon Musk and his security clearance mm-hmm. and, and what's mm-hmm. happened in last week. Mm-hmm. And we can surely talk about that. But, no, people are not held to the same standard. And I know it's frustrating, um, without a doubt, for the, the average security cleared worker. Right. But uh, that's Kind of the, the nature, that's, that's kind of, of the nature of the, of the beast. beast right now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and I do want to yeah. talk about Elon. Let's take a quick break and then we come back because I mean, again, it, it, it kind of goes to the different levels of people, right? I mean, Elon mm-hmm. is is a high level kind of billionaire type person, and uh, he's you know he probably has certain clearances because of what he's doing with a lot of different things with government, right? Um, mm-hmm. And he, he's almost like um, who, who's a guy Tony Stark, you know, type thing <laughs> where he's kind of yeah. doing all these things, right? And so, but you know, that person. Uh, he, he, can he get away with that? Is that still going to be something that, that you know, uh, will come back and haunt him or uh, whatever the case is? And I also want to talk about marijuana. Uh, we mentioned this is something that we want to get done today. Talk about marijuana and what's the changes, you know, especially as these, you know, drugs just really in America. It's, there's a conversation that's moving, 
you know, the ball down, you know, in, in certain areas as there's legalization, as there's more conversations about medical marijuana and all these other kind of components uh, to, to do certain things. Where is that conversation going? We're talking to Evan Lesser. He is the founder and director of ClarenceJobs.com. It's a great site for those who have clearances. If you got it all the way to your lower level clearance of a confidential all the way to your top secret SCI with a poly. If you've got a clearance, you should be on the site. It's a great market for you right now. The time to, for people to get clearances is taking so long that it's, it's, it's such a hot market for those who have clearances. So not to say you've got to jump around, but you can definitely explore some opportunities. Um, if you're a person who's looking at you know joining a government contractor, you're a government worker who's looking to swing over to the other side, or if you already have a clearance and you want to explore some new opportunities, so definitely check the site out. We'll be right back after this break. You listen to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. If you're just joining us, we have been talking about security clearances, talking about the status of the security clearance market, talking about what's going on with a lot of the different security clearance issues right now. We're hearing it almost every day. We're hearing certain things about security clearances. This year, 2018, has been a very, very big news uh, cycle in terms of security clearances, about the revocation, the revocation of, of security clearances for top officials, about who should have security clearances and who shouldn't, about continuous evaluation and insider threats. And now as we have these different books coming out, you know, you're hearing about polygraphs and all this other kind of stuff uh, to kind of vet out some people who may be saying certain things in the White House and who may have clearances. So it's been a very, very big news cycle for security clearances. We're talking to Evan Lesser. He is the founder and president of clearancejobs.com and a security kind of clearance expert. He's been monitoring this for years and his his whole company was kind of built on the dynamic of security clearances and helping people with security clearances get into the right positions. You know, Evan, one big thing that's happening right now and, and you know, I mean, the, the you know, drugs is kind of back in the news right now. I mean, and, and whether it be opiates or whether it be, you know, marijuana or, or whatever the case is, of course, we're starting to see about the, the legalization of marijuana. Me and you have talked about this before, but this doesn't seem to be going away. This is, you know, this is something I think we've got to contend with. The federal government still says it's illegal, but a lot of people, and like you said, we've seen Elon Musk now, you know, smoking and everything else. So you're seeing also bigger kind of, you know, uh, uh, people who have the resources and the means and they're on video smoking marijuana. How is this going to affect the security clearance market? And do you hear about any kind of changes? Yeah, so I think although many states have legalized marijuana use for recreational or, or medical purposes, as you mentioned, the federal government still considers consumption um, a federal crime. And I think there is some confusion among clearance holders because as more and more states legalize marijuana um, usage, um, what we're finding is that more clearance holders are actually losing access hmm. um, for uh, drug-related reasons. And we covered this in a recent article on the clearancejobs.com website. In 2016, 102 individuals were denied a security clearance due to drug use. In 2017, that number increased to 170 cases. Wow. So while 170 is a relatively small number, um, it's a large increase comparatively. And that yeah. increase is really indicative of the increasing number of individuals using recreational marijuana with many assuming the feds have the same policies as the state they live in, but they most assuredly do not. Anyone that lives in a state where marijuana use is, um, uh, is, is legalized, um, it's, a, it's a huge no for government mm -hmm. um, at the federal level, and, and you can lose your clearance um, for, uh, for you know, uh, accessing it. 
you know, does, does this have because I mean, and not to say that one culture is more than others, but you, you do have some people in the hacker community and the cyber community. And, you know, some of the some are our most uh, smartest uh, young talent. Uh, is right now is 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 now you know saying I, I, you know, I take you know I take, I take a puff or two every once in a while, um, but it, it those are some of the people who would seemingly need to be in the government or be affiliated with the government in some kind of way. How do we contend with this? I mean, if if people if our if our some of our smarter students are doing this and and they can get jobs maybe in the private sector and making all this money or in the startup sector, um, how do we contend with this kind of situation? Well, for for all the caution. Um, that I can throw out about um, smoking, you know, marijuana. <laughs> right. um, you know, don't do uh, it. Le- right? <laughs> yeah, legally <laughs> right. uh, in, in certain states. Yeah, you know, and, and and actually say don't do it. At the same time, I think that the government is, you know, realizing that this is something they're going to have to address. There is a bit of a disconnect between what's going on at the state level and what's going on at the federal level. Um, and as time goes on, and and marijuana usage is seen. Uh, less and less as a um, you know negative behavior as a security risk whatever whatever you you know personally believe mm-hmm. the government's going to have to come to some type of a conclusion and it's going to have to uh, kind of change their their thinking on it as more and more states um, kind of come around to a, a new way of thinking um, I think you know what what's kind of come out lately is that while marijuana use is still seen as you know illegal at the federal level they're a lot more, you know, bigger fish to fry. Um, financial mm. issues still make up mm-hmm. the bulk of, uh, of problems with security clearance. Um, as the world, you know, continues to get uh, closer and closer together, uh, foreign connections, you know, uh, are an increasing uh, issue for, for a lot of people. So, you know, marijuana is, is still there. Drug use, obviously, is still there. But I think marijuana in particular is becoming uh, less and less of an issue. And uh, just, you know, in the last week, looking at the uh, the, the the video of, of Elon Musk smoking and all the questions coming around that uh, have really brought to the forefront. It's, it's kind of ridiculous as it is. It's brought to the forefront. You know, what's the government's policy on, on marijuana? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, 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 and with all of this, you know, I, there's been has been since me and you have known each other for so many years. There's been many changes that have happened to kind of the SF-86 and, and other questions being asked or certain things being modified. It uh, you know, and and this kind of goes to kind of the marijuana. Every, are we going to see some? Do, or are you hearing that we're going to see some changes in the national security you know questionnaire at any point in time? I mean, is, is there anything that's going to be updated over the next year or two, or anytime soon, as it relates to kind of the changing dynamics of the world with marijuana, social media, and everything else? Well, there have been some updates, um, and, and the government is usually just a, a bit behind to kind of catch up with. Um, what's going on um, in the public space. Um, as an example, you know, it took them a, a fair amount of time to start addressing uh, mental health issues mm-hmm. in the SF-86, mm-hmm. um, you know, only after uh, a number of years and understanding that, um, you know, mental health issues or, or counseling or um, antidepressants and things like that are, are not necessarily seen as a negative now like they were, you know, 30 years mm-hmm. ago. Um, so the government is responsive um, to this stuff. They may be slightly behind the rest of society, but they eventually get around to it. Um, we have seen um, updates to the SF-86 and investigative process um, around social media, um, around foreign connections, um, uh, around mental health issues. So I think, you know, we're going to see something around marijuana. It, mm-hmm. it may not be a, you know, a few years off, 
but um, it, it'll eventually get there. It's a matter of when rather than a matter of if, if, if those right. things are going to be changing, especially as we look at society today. You, you know, Evan, when, when we look at um, uh, I mean, the, the dynamics of kind of we talked about the attractiveness of government or are people not attracted to it as much anymore? Uh, federal pay freezes and, and all the other kind of things has been going on. What's the impact of that right now? I mean, are, 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 and even for the impact of the current workforce. Um, you know, are we going to start seeing some people kind of, you know, jettisoning themselves and, hey, I'm at, I'm at retirement point. I don't need to do this anymore. I'm not getting any increase. I can make twice as much money, you know, elsewhere. What's the impact of this? Well, I, I would wager that the, the bulk of your listeners probably know about the, the call for a federal pay freeze. But for those people that may be listening from outside the D.C. area, um, the president did recently call for a pay freeze for most federal workers, excluding active duty uh, military right. service members. Mm-hmm. So they had a 1.9% increase that was previously proposed. That's about $2 billion in our $4.1 trillion budget. So while $2 billion is not a small number, it's really a, a pretty small fraction of the whole budget. Um, compared to workers outside of government, 1.9% increase is well below average in the current economy. And it's really a hard pill for the average civil servant to swallow when the administration is simultaneously, you know, talking about the economic successes um, that we're seeing. So there's a bit of a, a back and forth uh, in the past week or so with a lot of lawmakers saying they're not really happy with the prospect of a pay freeze, um, but you know the uh, the executive branch saying this is something they they want to see done in order to be you know, more fiscally uh, responsible. Right, right, right. I want to I want to touch on one thing when we come back. We got to take a quick break, then we got a few minutes when we get to the last segment. But I do want to kind of keep on touching on this federal pay dynamic because I, I do think it's a, it's a concern, especially for either national security or otherwise, again, as we talk about the top talent that's needed um, and, and where we need to have, uh, uh, you know, uh, our, our staffing and manpower at, within the federal government. Uh, so I want to talk about that when we get back. We're talking to uh, Evan Lesser. He is the founder and president of clearancejobs.com. Great site. Jump on it if you have a clearance. If you are an employer who's looking for someone out of the government sphere, government contracting sphere, you're looking for that quality talent that has a clearance. Uh, It's a great place to find that right now. We're talking about the security clearance issues that are going on, the state of security clearances, and so much more. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch from Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. If you're just joining us, we have been talking about the security clearance market. We've been talking about what's going on with the state of security clearances. We've been talking about everything that you've been hearing in the news, if you've been monitoring the news. But we've been talking about the revocations of people with security clearances, the uh, uh, revoking uh, Brennan and other people like that uh, who have been at the highest levels. We've been talking about uh, what's going on with Elon Musk and marijuana and all the other kind of pieces that have an impact on security clearances and the future of security security clearances and the future of those who may want to get a security clearance at some point in time. We're talking to Evan Lesser. He's the founder and president of clearancejobs.com. And we've been getting all of his insights as we love to do every couple of months. Evan, you know, when it, when we kind of talk about the whole kind of pay uh, a piece, and I know probably the unions are probably bucking up against this and everyone else, but you know, I, it, like you, you mentioned something really, really important. Like they say, hey, the economy is booming back, right? And and with the economy booming back, that also opens a lot of doors for highly qualified federal workers to really kind of say, you know what, 
maybe the private sector is 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 a little bit more attractive to me, or maybe this other sector is a little bit more attractive to me. Are the is the private sector trying to steal some of these federal workers who are who are you know uh, highly qualified? Um, they are, yeah, especially the the, the ones that have certain skill sets mm-hmm. that um, are, are are in high demand. And and you know the question you asked before our break was, you know, what's the impact going to be on uh, on on workers, government workers, if there is a pay freeze. And, you know, I think if salaries are, are frozen for, for 2019, it's really going to cast, you know, some, some type of a dark shadow over what is already a, arguably a, a kind of a, a bleak federal employment <laughs> right. picture. Right, yeah. It, the government, you know, they've got some real serious hiring challenges and some that have been around for, for a while. As you mentioned, you know, they have to compete with industry for talent. Um, they have very long and laborious hiring processes. Um, you know, the 2015 OPM data breach is still fresh in people's minds, and do they want to trust the government with their most personal information? Um, to a real problem with government conveying to the public that working for government is a smart and, and solid and patriotic career choice. So a pay freeze at this point would really further disappoint the federal workforce that's already under immense pressure. Um, As you mentioned, um, there are a lot of reasons why leaving government service now makes sense. Mm -hmm. It may not have been that way, you know, five or six years ago, but now with the economy the way it's going, unemployment low, and, um, uh, you know, pay uh, pretty good, people are saying, you know, maybe it's time for me to leave government Mm -hmm. service finally. Mm -hmm. And and, and move into a you know different part of the workforce. Well, well, I don't I don't see the campaigns that as as often as I you know I mean we it was a period of time we saw kind of working for federal government was great campaigns all the time and I don't really see that as much as I used to. I don't know if 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 you see it as much as you used to, but I don't really see that as much. Do you? Not not really. Um, and honestly, this this is all fallout from uh, from Edward Snowden. It was mm-hmm. right at that time that. The government went from being uh, uh, an interesting, exciting, patriotic place to work um, to being, in, in some people's eyes, as being you know part of the part of the problem. Um, mm-hmm. Edward Snowden's situation really shed a lot of light on intelligence practices that you know some people felt like were were too aggressive. Um, and you know, regardless of, of your your thoughts or politics, what it did is it cast government in a in a negative light. And it made it so working for government was not nearly as um, exciting or, or patriotic as, right. it, as it used to be before that. You know, you, you post, didn't feel like you were working for the good guys anymore. You kind of felt like, that's, ah, right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and I think it's an unfair characterization. But, you know, after 9-11, there was all this um, uh, heavy patriotism and mm-hmm. people wanting to work for, for government and people who left military service going back into it. And um, contracting community, you know, just saw this, this boom in hiring. Um, now, unfortunately, it's, it's kind of done a, a turnaround, and the government really has to work hard to convince people that you know being a civil servant is is a smart career choice and an honorable career choice, and uh, they've got an uphill battle for sure. Right. You know, with the clearance market right now, are, is are the number of jobs at a different kind of positions still? I know we talked about cyber, but is it still in growth mode in terms of you know the jobs that require the clearance, the the good jobs that are out there? Um, you know, what are we seeing in terms of the market? Yes, um, clear jobs are are definitely still in growth mode. Um, on the clearancejobs.com site, we're presently listing uh, 38,000 
oh, wow. open cleared opportunities. It's up considerably, um, and it's the most we've seen since 2002. So there's a huge amount of opportunity. Our uh, 2018 salary survey actually showed that compensation for cleared professionals um, is up around 8% across the board. So people are paying uh, for the cleared talent. Recruiters are really desperate. It's a job seekers game right now. Workers definitely have the upper hand, especially if you're, uh, as you mentioned, one of those few to hold the full-scope polygraph mm -hmm. or be skilled in cybersecurity or software or systems um, engineering. So uh, it's definitely in growth mode, and uh, employers does, does that are, mean the are feeling challenged. Does that mean the bonuses are back into effect and kind of you can kind of write your own ticket these days a little bit? You know, I mean, there was a period of time that the bonuses and, you know, people were getting these big, gigantic bonuses and all kind of, cuts, you know, good stuff. When they, You know, we remember oh, yeah. the time with the heydays. Remember those times? And then it kind of yep. fell off. Is that back again? It's back. Okay. Yep, it's back. Um, some of the challenges that employers are, are facing where they're having to – um, pull out the big guns, which is those, you know, those um, signing bonuses, mm -hmm. um, is that the supply of cleared professionals really isn't even remotely matched to the demand. Um, you've got this huge number of open positions, and the cleared workforce is down more than 30% in the last five years. At the same time, as we talked about, you know, general unemployment is low, and tech and engineering professionals in particular are being courted by non-cleared industries. So the government is having to, uh, in contracting communities, having to pull out whatever um, tools they can. And, and unfortunately, most of the time, that's just, we'll give you more money. Right. Um, working for a cool high-tech startup that pays well, you know, is really seen as new and fresh and exciting compared to civil service. So the government and contractors are having to sell their open positions like they've never had to sell before. It, again, it's a very much an uphill battle. You know, we, we look at kind of like interesting positions, and I know you mentioned something about it. What's interesting? What unique jobs are coming out that that's in this market right now that's, that's in this space? Well, we've got um, 38,000 jobs on, on the clearance shop site, and um, we always see some, I guess, shall we say, interesting stuff come through. You know, the bulk of open opportunities on, on clearance jobs are for IT and engineering and intelligence. But we get some pretty random open jobs on occasion. Uh, a couple of examples. There's a posting that's listed for a chef with high-level clearance mm. to work in an undisclosed location. It <laughs> wow. um, just goes to show people need food right. um, uh, in all parts of the world. Um, we came across an interesting job advertisement for a veterinarian with a secret clearance to do research on public health issues wow. and what they term um, a non-human primates. Wow. So that's uh, about as unique as it gets. <laughs> we also saw a few jobs listed that require um, actors with military training and security clearance for virtual reality simulations. So really interesting stuff out there aside from the, the traditional IT engineering and Intel jobs. Evan, thank you so much for giving us these updates. This is always helpful. And, of course, we're going to be catching up with you before the year is out to kind of get some more updates to see what's going on. I mean, the market seems to be kind of ever-growing, ever-changing. Uh, do you recommend that a person who's still interested to hang in there and, and, and kind of just, you know, see, you, know, see, you know, if you can get in there and just hang in there with a year-and-a-half process or whatever, it's still worth it? Would you say that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the job market for cleared people is uh... – Absolutely insane. There's so many open positions. Uh, you really have your pick of it. And it's a candidate's marketplace. You know, if you're looking for a time to uh, uh, to stick with it, now is that time. Outstanding. Thank you so much, Evan. We always appreciate you. We'll be checking in with you soon. Good to talk with you, Derek. 
You've been listening to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Radio 1500 AM. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear the entire show or any of our weekly programs anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch, only on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com.